News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Police arrest 11 people for allegedly helping 12 Hong Kongers flee the city last August. An internet service provider confirms reports that a local website has been blocked for the first time under the national security law. And concerns grow about a growing COVID-19 outbreak in Jordan. Police from the National Security Department arrested 11 people today for allegedly helping Hong Kongers flee the city by speedboat in August. Cecil Wong reports. In a statement, a police spokesman said the eight men and three women, aged between 18 and 72, were being detained on suspicion of assisting offenders, but gave no further details. Democratic Party District Councilor and lawyer Daniel Wong wrote on social media that police turned up at his home at around 6 a.m. to arrest him. Pro-democracy campaigner Willis Ho wrote on her Facebook page that her mother had been taken away. The 12 Hong Kongers were intercepted by Guangdong Coast Guard on a speedboat believed to be heading to Taiwan and detained for months before 10 of them were found guilty and jailed for up to three years in a Shenzhen court. The remaining two, who were minors, were sent back to Hong Kong. Police also detained nine people in October on suspicion of helping the 12 escape. They were accused of providing them with a ship, as well as accommodation, transport and money. Meanwhile, the second of the two teenagers sent back to Hong Kong from Shenzhen has appeared in court and been remanded in custody before his next court appearance in March. 18-year-old Liu Man is charged with conspiracy to commit arson for allegedly possessing raw materials to make Molotov cocktails during anti-government protests in 2019. The authorities earlier suggested extra charges could be laid against him because of the alleged attempt to flee to Taiwan. Hong Kong Broadband Network has confirmed it has blocked a local website that publishes details of police officers and pro-establishment figures, the first time the national security law has been used to censor a local website. The HK Chronicles website first reported disruptions to its service last week. Vicky Wong reports. Multiple media reports have previously cited sources saying that the pro-protester website had been blocked under the national security law, but this is the first time that an internet service provider has explicitly confirmed it. The Reuters news agency reports that a spokesperson for the Hong Kong broadband network confirmed in an email that it had disabled access to the website in compliance with the requirement issued under the national security law. The statement said the action was taken yesterday. The affected website, HK Chronicles, had said internet service providers had started blocking access to its site as early as last week, saying some websites that shared the same IP address were also affected. The website publishes information and photos of police officers and pro-establishment figures, some of whom are accused of mistreating anti-government protesters. Wong Ho Wah, an election committee member representing the information technology industry, says other unrelated websites that share the same IP address as HK Chronicles have also been affected. He's worried that unless the authorities draw a clear line as to what's allowed and what's not, more and more websites could be blocked in future. I'm really worried if the action continues, like more websites being blocked due to the same reason, then potentially some other innocent website can no longer be accessible to our Hong Kong citizens, which indeed as a result, uh, our freedom to information is really affected. Concerns are growing about a COVID-19 outbreak in Jordan as a cluster of infections in an old tenement building there expands, while new cases were reported from a nearby block. There are also fears of an outbreak at a public housing block in Kwai Chung, as Damon Pang reports. Experts inspected Yan Shek House in Shek Yam Estate to look into a possible case of vertical transmission of the coronavirus. 
Five confirmed infections and a preliminary positive case have been reported from units 1409, 1609, and 2609, located on different floors but facing the same direction. Residents of flats ending in 09 will be quarantined, and the rest will be subject to mandatory testing. Concerns are also growing about a COVID outbreak in Jordan as a cluster of infections in an old tenement building there expands. Health officials said one more confirmed infection and a preliminary positive case have been reported from a block on 20 to 26 Reclamation Street as residents were evacuated. Dr. Chuang Shokwan from the Center for Health Protection said 27 residents there have contracted the virus so far. What's more, two new cases have been reported from another tenement block 100 meters away on Shanghai Street. Residents there are required to undergo mandatory coronavirus testing. Altogether, authorities reported 29 new coronavirus cases for the day. You're listening to RTHK. The time is almost exactly five minutes past 11. A pharmacist group has urged the government not to let elderly people in Hong Kong receive coronavirus vaccines developed by mainland company Sinovac in view of media reports that the jabs were found to be only 50% effective during trials in Brazil. The president of the Society for Hospital Pharmacists, William Choi, says vaccines developed by other drug companies that have higher efficacy rates are more suitable for the elderly, while the Sinovac vaccine could be used by young and healthy people. For the elderly, especially uh, stay in the elderly home, their immune system is not so strong. That's why they may not produce 50% efficacy or even lower than 50%. That's why we advise the government to review the data. Although this data is not published yet, but I think they have to review the efficacy data and the safety data to see whether we use the Sinovac vaccine because there's a lot of choice, at least two. One is AstraZeneca, the other one is BioNTech vaccines. The Consumer Council has found that some of the disinfectant sprays it tested are completely useless. The watchdog says alcohol solution and diluted bleach work much better and cost a lot less. The council spokeswoman, Professor Nora Tam, says solutions with 75% alcohol were more effective. 80% of the models, including nine models, claiming to have a 99.9% killing rate and reduction of rival infectivity, performed not as well as 70% alcohol-based preparation and or diluted bleach solution. For the test result, the council reminds consumers that diluted bleach solution, as compared with disinfecting sprays, is a relatively more economical, consistently effective and reliable choice for general disinfection. RTHK journalist Bao Choi has pleaded not guilty to two counts of making false statements over car license plate searches aimed at finding the perpetrators of the Yunlong gang attack in 2019. Jimmy Choi reports. Ms Choi, 37, is accused of violating the road traffic ordinance by not disclosing the real reason for license plate checks on May the 17th and June the 10th last year. She had been working on an RTHK Hong Kong Connection documentary into the violence in Yunlong on July the 21st in 2019, which put dozens of people in hospital. West Kowloon Magistracy set March the 24th as the date for a trial and was told seven witnesses would be called. Principal Magistrate Peter Law said he would reserve the biggest courtroom available at the magistracy because he expected many people would be interested in sitting in on the case. Around a dozen members of the RTHK program staff union staged a demonstration outside the court before the hearing. Support Choi Yuk Ling, Fearless and Selfless, the group chanted, holding placards that read, Journalism is not a crime, and without fear or favor. 
The union said earlier that she has been suspended from her production duties for Hong Kong Connection since her arrest in November last year. Ms Choi said she was disappointed with RTHK's decision, adding that she felt she was being punished for doing her job. I would expect RTHK to take up its moral responsibility as well as um, showcasing the integrity of a media organization. From this perspective, the decision of RTHK management to uh, suspend my role as um, journalist and producer at uh, Hong Kong Collection would be quite disappointing to me. She faces a maximum punishment of a $5,000 fine and six months in prison for each charge. The appeal court has overturned a probation order for a 15-year-old who'd admitted he'd thrown a petrol bomb at police quarters in Taiwan, saying the trial magistrate was wrong in principle. Magistrate Stanley Ho had given the minor a three-year probation order for arson during the anti-government protests. But the appeal court judges agreed with the Department of Justice, saying the sentence was clearly too lenient. The teenager was remanded in custody before sentencing early next month. Federation of Trade Unions lawmaker Kwok Wai Kern has been accused of violating the road traffic ordinance after he was seen apparently driving while he attended a LegCo online meeting. Legislators of the housing panel were video conferencing when footage showed Mr Kwok apparently sitting inside a moving car with a photo of the LegCo complex as his virtual background. He was wearing a seatbelt and occasionally looking around. Responding on social media, Mr Kwok said he'd found a suitable place to stop his car as soon as possible. He said his vehicle has become his cold shelter recently and he was just running around to serve the community. A team of scientists from the World Health Organization has arrived in the mainland city of Wuhan to start work investigating the origins of COVID-19. The virus is thought to have come from an animal market in the city more than a year ago. The hope is that the more scientists know about the emergence of the disease, the better equipped we will be to prevent something like this recurring. But Yang Zhang-Huang, Senior Fellow for Global Health at the Council on Foreign Relations in New York, says it's unlikely the investigation will reveal anything groundbreaking. Well, I think that research, that trip itself would still be useful in terms of finding out that how the virus jumps species from animals to human beings. But, you know, we also have to be realistic in terms of lowering our expectations on the trip, because after all, you know, when those scientists arrived in China, they will be subject to a two week quarantine first in Beijing and maybe in Wuhan. And then they will have only two weeks conducting those on-site visits in the city. They're going to return home before you know, China is going to celebrate the Lunar New Year. So basically, they really have at most like one month you know, to conduct the investigation. Uh, that So, you know, you probably don't expect they're going to accomplish much in that uh, trip. I think we need to be realistic. Don't hold too high expectations. This trip is going to be conclusive. Donald Trump has become the first U.S. president to be impeached twice. He was charged with incitement of insurrection over last week's assault on Congress by his supporters. Ten Republicans sided with Democrats in the House of Representatives to vote for impeachment. The BBC's John Sopel reports. What happens next? Well, the trial will take place uh, in the Senate and Mitch McConnell... The current Republican majority leader says it's not going to happen before Joe Biden takes over as president. So there's going to be some delay. And that will raise the question in many people's minds, well, what's the point of going ahead with this 
if Donald Trump has already left office? Well, one is it would, could debar him from ever holding office again. But the point that a Democratic congressman made today when asked that question, he said, yeah, it may be late, but it is never too late to do the right thing. The South Korean Supreme Court has upheld a 20-year prison sentence for the former President Park Geun-hye. She was removed from office over three years ago after being accused of conspiring with her close aide Choi Sun-sil to Choi Sun-sil's. Together they asked big conglomerates such as Samsung to donate millions of US dollars to foundations controlled by Ms Choi. They'd be, she'd been originally sentenced to a total of 30 years for bribery and corruption, but an appeal last year removed 10 years off the sentence. Ms. Park will also have to pay a fine of 15 million US dollars. And now to sport, and there's been a blockbuster trade in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets have acquired three-time scoring champion James Harden from the Houston Rockets, reuniting Harden with Kevin Durant in a four-team trade that also involves the Indiana Pacers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Pacers picked up rising star Karis Levert from the Nets by sending two-time all-star Victor Oladipo to the Rockets. The Cavaliers get Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince from the Nets. The trade was agreed less than 24 hours after Harden hinted he was leaving Houston following a loss to the LA Lakers on Tuesday night. He and Durant were teammates at Oklahoma City. They now form a big three with Kyrie Irving in a Brooklyn franchise seeking its first NBA title. In snooker, both Ronnie O'Sullivan and John Higgins won their final frame deciders to advance in the Masters. O'Sullivan rallied from 5-3 down against China's Ding Junhui in their first round match, winning six frames to five. In the other match, Higgins edged past Mark Allen of Northern Ireland. O'Sullivan and Higgins have won nine Masters titles between them, and they'll meet next week in the quarterfinals. 1,200 tennis players from around the world are starting to arrive in Melbourne in preparation for next month's Australian Open. While facing strict COVID-19 controls, the BBC's Phil Mercer has details. All players preparing for the Australian Open will be tested for COVID-19 every day. They'll arrive in Melbourne on 15 charter flights and will stay in three dedicated quarantine hotels. Players and their support staff will be allowed to leave their rooms for a few hours to train at secure venues. Fines of up to $15,000 could apply to anyone who breaks strict biosecurity orders. The BBC's Phil Mercer reporting. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Police arrest 11 people for allegedly helping 12 Hong Kongers flee the city last August. An internet service provider confirms reports that a local website has been blocked for the first time under the national security law. And concerns grow about a growing COVID-19 outbreak in Jordan. The news from RTHK. Thanks a lot to Todd Harding. We'll have more headlines coming up at midnight.
Number one in the US in the year of 1969 for four weeks. And number one in the UK chart as well in the same year for eight weeks. Uh, a hit across the world in uh, 1969 and uh, in some places in the, again in 1970. Uh, sugar, Sugar and uh, the Archies, uh, the Amer- an American uh, fictional band featured in the animated TV series The Archie Show. So there you are. Um, here's a track from a little bit earlier, from the 50s. And uh, originally 1955, um, various different versions, but the one I have here is The Hit, which was recorded in 1961 by the Kingston Trio, an American folk and pop group. Uh, it's Where Have All the Flowers Gone? <laughs> 